This is John Schaefer with an update. Um, after the president's speech today um, about the Ukraine crises, President Joe Biden said the world is witnessing the beginning of a Russian invasion of Ukraine. After weeks of escalating tensions in the region as he announced new economic sanctions on Russia Tuesday, February 22, Biden's remarks followed a fiery address from Russian's President Vladimir Putin to the Russian public on Monday evening when the leader announced he was recognizing the independence of two Russia-backed separatist areas in eastern Ukraine's Donbass region. While the U.S. says some 190,000 Russian troops and separatist forces are estimated to be massed near Ukraine's borders, Russia has denied any wrongdoing and reiterated its demands Tuesday that Ukraine pledged to never join NATO. The White House top national security official, Dalep Singh, spoke to reporters about the administration's sanctions against Russians and hinted that this is only the beginning of the United States' plan to defend Ukraine. If Putin escalates further, we will escalate further, using financial sanctions and export controls. None of the measures are designed to disrupt the flow of energy to global markets, and we are now executing a plan in coordination with major oil producers and major oil consumers to secure the stability of global energy and its supplies. When asked by ABC News, will it target Putin personally? He, the defense official for the White House stated, exactly that uh, he wouldn't say exactly what it would take but added that no option is off the table ukraine president vladimir zelensky signed a decree calling up some of ukraine's military reservists but said a full mobilization of the country's military is not needed for now. Zelensky announced his plan on state TV, adding that the soldiers were from the active reserve and they have military experience. They must heighten the readiness of the Ukraine army for all possible changes in, active, in the active situation, Zelensky stated. Biden, um, no, Blinken, 
calls off meeting with Russian counterpart, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, in a joint appearance from the State Department with Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitryo Kuliba, announced that he would not attend a meeting with his Russian counterpart on Thursday as planned. Now that we see the invasion is beginning, Russia has made it clear its wholesale rejection of diplomacy. It does not make sense to go forward with that meeting at this time, Blinken stated. I consulted with our allies and partners. They all agree. And today I sent Foreign Minister Lavrov a letter informing him of this. Any further escalatory steps by Russia will be met with further swift and severe measures coordinated with allies, allies and partners, Blinken added. The United States Treasury Department has released details of new sanctions that President Joe Biden announced, including the specific elites who are sanctioned and more details about limits on Russian financial institutions. A senior Biden administration official told reporters on an afternoon phone call that while these are severe costs that we're imposing today, the U.S. was choosing to hold off with more severe sanctions as leverage to try to deter a wide-scale invasion of Ukraine. The official also said none of the sanctions are designed to disrupt the flow of energy to global markets and noted that the administration deliberately tried to make sure the pain was felt by Russia's economy and not by the U.S. We are expecting gas prices to rise and this will affect the U.S. How much it remains yet to be seen. So uh, this is the update at this time. It changes hourly, it changes daily. Stay tuned to News Source 1 Michiana on the Facebook page for more details and events happening as they unfold. Thank you for listening. This is John Schaefer. Professor News, I'm Patrick Foss. The East-West face-off over Ukraine has escalated dramatically, with Russian lawmakers authorizing President Putin to use military force outside his country, and President Biden and European leaders responding by slapping sanctions on Russian oligarchs and banks. Meanwhile, President Biden says the U.S. has no desire for military conflict with Russia. In addition to slapping financial sanctions on Russian banks and individuals, the president is moving U.S. troops into several Baltic countries as a reinforcement. These are totally defensive moves on our part. We have no intention of fighting Russia. American forces will help bolster Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. And the president stresses that U.S. troops are not going into Ukraine. Greg Clugston. Washington. Also at SRNews.com, jury deliberations start 
Wednesday in the federal civil rights trial of three former Minneapolis police officers charged in the death of George Floyd. Federal prosecutor Amanda Sertich in her closing argument said three former Minneapolis police officers chose to do nothing as then-officer Derek Chauvin knelt on George Floyd's neck, causing Floyd's death in May of 2020. Lawyers for J. Alexander King, Tutau, and Thomas Lane argued their clients were too inexperienced, weren't trained properly, and did not willfully violate Floyd's rights. During the month-long trial, prosecutors worked to show that the officers violated their training, including failing to roll Floyd onto his side or give him CPR. Their lawyers pointed out their training and that Chauvin was the senior officer on the scene. The judge will instruct the jury before deliberations Wednesday. The three faced trial in June on state charges of aiding and abetting a murder and manslaughter. I'm Tim McGuire. The three white men convicted of murder in a Mott Arbery shooting were found guilty of federal hate crimes Tuesday. To back the hate crime charges, prosecutors highlighted roughly two dozen text messages and social media posts. This is SRA News. A pro-life nurse wins a major settlement. Sandra Rojas worked 18 years for the Winnebago, Illinois County Health Department without any problems. But then the local government ordered her to refer women for abortions and dispense contraceptives. Rojas said no and got fired. Alliance Defending Freedom took the county to court, and a judge has ruled in favor of the nurse and ordered a payout of $370,000 for the violation of her constitutional rights. Michael Harrington, SRN News. A Christian college recently opened a new center with support from the Department of Education. Southern Wesleyan University in South Carolina was awarded grant funding for its Warriors Care Center. The center serves the purpose of addressing veterans' students' academic, financial, physical, and social needs. Southern Wesleyan is an affiliate of the Wesleyan Church. This is Esra News. The average price for a gallon of gas is the highest since 2014. The national average is up close to four cents a gallon in the last week. It now stands at 3.52 a gallon. That's the new high water mark, the highest Americans have paid since 2014. Petroleum analyst Patrick DeHaan. The switch over to summer gasoline will also cost motorists at the pump in the months ahead as the nation transitions to more expensive summer gasoline. In addition, gasoline demand is starting to rise, not only in the U.S., but globally as COVID cases come down and Americans hit the road ahead of spring break. In addition, refineries are starting maintenance season. DeHaan added, Well, the national average now stands 21 cents higher than where it was just a month ago, and prices nearly 90 cents higher than a year ago. That batch's price is not seen nationally since the summer of 2014. Oil prices are nearing $100 a barrel. More details at SRNews.com. I'm Patrick Foss. Detailed forecast. Additional war updates will post here. Pray for Ukraine and the world. Today flurries likely before 11 a.m., mostly cloudy, with a high near 26. Northwest wind 15 to 20 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 30 miles per hour. Tonight a 20% chance of snow after 1 a.m., mostly cloudy, with a low around 21. Northeast wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Thursday a 50% chance of snow after 1 p.m., mostly cloudy, with a high near 31. East wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. Thursday night snow. Low around 21. East wind around 10 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 100%. New snow accumulation of 1 to 3 inches possible. Friday a 30% chance of snow before 1 p.m., partly sunny, 
with a high near 28. North wind around 10 miles per hour. Friday night a 20% chance of snow after 1 a.m., mostly cloudy, with the low around 17. Saturday sunny, with a high near 32. This is President Biden. Please pray for Ukraine. I will be delivering this year's State of the Union address on March 1st. Come watch it. The Public News Service Doha Newscast for February the 23rd, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. A new survey of students at historically black colleges and universities and minority-serving institutions finds almost half have struggled with food insecurity in the past 30 days, including at schools in California. In the report, funded by the Annie E. Casey Foundation, many students said they've had to choose between paying rent and buying food. Terrell Strayhorn with Virginia Union University's Center for the Study of Historically Black Colleges and Universities says nearly half the respondents had lost a job during the pandemic. Without jobs, they are worried about housing, worried about their food, worried about basic needs and bills. Some of the students in our sample have had medical issues that are depending on those jobs, either to pay their medical bills or for health benefits. In the survey, 55% of respondents said their housing situations are unstable, and 20% said they've been homeless at some point in the past year. I'm Suzanne Potter. Advocates say affordable child care is another pressing need among graduate students. President Joe Biden Tuesday announced new investments in the domestic production of minerals and materials that are crucial to creating a wide array of technical devices, including computers, smartphones, batteries, household appliances, and vehicles. That from CNN. They report the investments are the latest step the administration is taking in installing persistent supply chain challenges that have plagued Biden since he took office. CNN notes the president announced $35 million in funding awards to the Nevada-based company MP Materials. And from electric vehicle infrastructure to renewable energy initiatives, Indiana lawmakers have spent much of this session with their eyes on a post-fossil fuel future. The state Senate has approved a bill establishing a framework for utilities to build and operate small modular reactors. In a House committee meeting last week, GOP Senator Eric Koch of Bedford said the measure would help pave the way for Indiana's future energy economy. States are moving this direction. Nobody is moving the other way. Uh, states around the country are all taking steps in this direction, and I hope you would agree Indiana should too. The bill also would grant financial incentives to companies that operate and build nuclear reactors. Opponents argue the cost of operating and constructing the facilities would be passed on to consumers, and environmental groups express concerns about nuclear waste, which can be expensive and difficult to dispose of safely. This is Jonah Chester reporting. According to the International Atomic Energy Agency, small modular reactors generate about a third as much power as traditional reactors. The measure passed out of the House Energy and Utilities Committee last week. This is PNS. New research from the group Environmental Defense Canada makes the case that there's a path forward to shutting down the Line 5 dual pipelines, which run under the Straits of Mackinac. The Canadian gas company Enbridge Energy plans to build a tunnel to contain the pipeline, but some engineers think the proposal poses safety risks. 
Canadian officials have supported the pipeline, citing the company's claims that closing it would put the country's natural gas supply at risk. But Beth Wallace with the National Wildlife Federation says this report shows alternatives that would not cause major disruptions. Line 5 is almost 20 years past its useful engineered life, according to the experts that originally constructed the pipeline. The location itself, 20% of the world's fresh water, drinking water for millions of people, it should have never been put there to begin with. The report outlines possible alternatives, such as rerouting some of the Line 5 supply to another pipeline, Line 78, and other fossil fuel transport options. Enbridge says Line 78 is full-serving existing customers and cannot accommodate more, and that increasing fuel transport capacity would take years to develop and also harm the environment. I'm Lee Bolke, reporting. And a new alliance has formed to address Connecticut's affordable housing crisis with a focus on urban centers. Growing Together Connecticut is a multi-year effort to pass housing laws and reforms that confront discriminatory policies, like redlining, that have led to disinvestment in cities. One way to do that is through fair share policies that require cities to plan and zone for an adequate amount of affordable housing based on need. Erin Boggs of Open Communities Alliance, a coalition member, says these policies would make Connecticut a stronger state. We have many communities in the state that we have assessed as very low opportunity. We want to change that and we want to make sure that opportunity is available in an equal way across the state. New Jersey has had fair share policies in place for decades. Opponents have said they're burdensome for towns and cities and can be difficult to enforce. I'm Emily Scott. Finally, our Eric Tegenoff tells us a unique radio station in the Columbia River Gorge provides information in English and Spanish. Radio Tierra is a small community station in Hood River, serving farm workers who mainly come from Mexico, living on both the Oregon and Washington sides of the river. Ubaldo Hernandez is host of a show on the station called Conoce to Colombia. Its purpose is to reach out to this community and talk about environmental and social issues that happen in our communities. Hernandez discusses a range of issues on his show, such as the health effects of pesticides and water quality in the Colombia. By the way, it's not all serious conversation on Radio Tierra. When a request comes in to lighten things up, the DJs are happy to oblige with some cheerful music. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener supported, heard on radio stations big and small. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org. Looking for just that neat item? Can't find it anywhere at the big stores? Well, drop by B4 Retail Discount Store located at 23440 US 33 in Dunlap South of Elkhart. They have items at reduced prices. Hey, they're on Facebook too. Open Monday through Friday 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and weekends 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. That's B4 Retail Shop here in Dunlap. Welcome to 2022 Talks, where we're following our democracy in historic times. Who in the Lord's name does Putin think gives him the right to declare new so-called countries on territory that belong to his neighbors? A day after Russian President Vladimir Putin announced two separatist regions of Ukraine are now independent and sent troops into the region, President Joe Biden said the actions marked the beginning of an invasion. He also announced a series of allied sanctions targeting Russia's independent investment corporation, its military bank, and its sovereign debt. At every step... We have shown the United States and our allies and partners are working in unison, which he hasn't been counting on, Mr. Putin. During an emergency meeting of the U.N. Security Council, U.S. Ambassador Linda Thomas-Greenfield warned of dire consequences. If Russia invades Ukraine even further, 
we will see a devastating loss of life, unimaginable suffering. Millions of displaced people will create a refugee crisis across Europe. In his response to Putin's actions, Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, said his nation will not concede. We are on our land. We are not afraid of anything or anyone. Members of Congress are discussing legislative responses, including a supplemental spending measure to help NATO allies and Ukraine. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham was among those who criticized Biden's actions as inadequate. You said a couple of years ago that Putin does not want you to win because you're the only person that could go toe-to-toe with him. Well, right now, Mr. President, you're playing footsie with Putin and you're losing. In light of the tensions, Germany is halting the controversial Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Europe is heavily dependent on Russian gas, and the undersea pipeline is meant to transport natural gas from the country into northern Germany. Back here in the States, Senator Richard Blumenthal and other Democrats are intensifying calls to pass the Gas Prices Relief Act. It would suspend the federal gasoline tax through the end of the year. Consumers need and deserve this relief. They are struggling and hurting, and the gasoline tax of 18.4 cents adds true insult and injury to the injury that they're suffering already as a result of this rising inflation. Critics say it's an election year gimmick instead of a long-term solution to inflation. A new review of congressional campaign finances reveals a spike in spending for personal security. According to QR Roll Call, both parties disclosed nearly $3 million for security-related expenses last year. That's an increase of nearly 700 percent compared with the 2019-2020 election cycle. Politicians have reported receiving more death threats following the January 6th attack at the Capitol. Law enforcement agencies in D.C. are asking the National Guard for assistance to support security ahead of Biden's first State of the Union address next week. There are reportedly concerns about a possible demonstration similar to the blockades by truck drivers in Canada protesting vaccine mandates. For Pacifica Network and Public News Service, I'm Mary Sherman. Find our A-Trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. From Feature Story News in New Delhi, I'm Ishan Garg. Australia will become the first country in the world to roll out Moderna's COVID vaccine to young children. The company's vaccine has been given the green light for use in children aged 6 to 11. Sean Bindley reports. The injection is the same formula and dosage as Moderna's booster shot already being offered to over 18s at general practitioners, pharmacies and state-run clinics. Australia's Federal Health Minister Greg Hunt says rollout to the younger cohort will begin tomorrow. That will make it very easy for parents. The national drug regulator has been criticised for being too slow to approve vaccines, but Therapeutic Goods Administration head Professor John Skerritt says that's not true. We're actually world leading. It's very easy to throw cheap shots. Moderna is recommended for younger children in two doses at least three weeks apart. In Brisbane, I'm Sean Bindley. Hong Kong is planning multiple rounds of citywide compulsory mass testing in a bid to curb a growing outbreak of COVID-19. The government says anyone who tests positive will then be isolated to break community transmission chains. But some health experts say a full city lockdown is needed. Richard Kimber reports from Hong Kong. Every one of Hong Kong's 7.5 million residents will undergo three rounds of mandatory testing in March, with hundreds of testing centres being set up across the city. People will also be asked to do additional tests every day at home. Anyone who tests positive will be isolated at facilities ranging from large-scale temporary government isolation wards, many of which are currently under construction, to public housing units and designated hotel rooms. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says the plan will identify all the virus carriers in the community and stop the spread. Some health experts say the process won't work unless it's accompanied by a full city lockdown. 
The government says that's too difficult to implement in Hong Kong and will cause too much social and economic stress. Richard Kimber in Hong Kong. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says he's cancelling a meeting with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov in light of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But speaking in Washington after a meeting with Ukraine's Foreign Minister, he held out the possibility of further diplomacy in a bid to defuse the threat of a broader Russian invasion. The further renewed Russian uh, invasion of Ukraine that has now begun means uh, clearly that the, the, the idea of having uh, a meeting this week with Foreign Minister Lavrov to pursue diplomacy, diplomacy now rejected uh, by Russia, uh, does not make sense. Uh, but having said that, to the extent there is anything that we can do to avert uh, an even worse case scenario, an all-out assault on all of Ukraine, including its capital, uh, that would inflict horrific costs on uh, the Ukrainian people, uh, we will always uh, pursue that. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. From the Black Information Network, this is the BIN Daily Update. I'm Mike Stevens. And I'm Vanessa Tyler on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. During the federal hate crime trial of the three white men already convicted of murdering African-American Ahmaud Arbery, a Justice Department lawyer told the jury he went out for a jog and ended up running for his life. Now, Travis McMichael, his father, Gregory McMichael, and their neighbor, William Roddy Bryan, are convicted in both cases. An appeals process and sentencing is next. The three men now face up to life in prison for the race-related federal crimes, on top of the life sentences they received in state court. The federal convictions make it certain the three will get quite a bit of prison time, even if their state convictions are overturned or their state sentences are reduced on appeal. It looks like the threat of sanctions will not stop Russian President Vladimir Putin. And he believes that sanctions will, cannot stop him. And even if sanctions are, are actually agreed upon, that the Russian people uh, are tough enough to weather it. That is Black, retired Army Major General Dana Petard speaking on CNN about the situation in Ukraine with what President Biden says is now an invasion. Some sanctions are now in place with more coming. And yes, it will affect us here in the United States. Gas prices are already about $1 more than last year at this time. Experts say we should expect them to go even higher. This black driver already feels the pinch at the pump. I would spend maybe about a hundred or so dollars per week, but now I'm going up about 200 per week. Also, inflation is bad now, the worst it's been in years in America. And because of the situation in Ukraine, expect those prices for everyday goods, including what we buy at the grocery store, to continue to rise because of the invasion. And if you heat your home with oil during this cold winter, expect those prices to rise too. President Biden has interviewed at least one black female Supreme Court candidate, according to CNN. But it's not clear which one. Also, the shortlist of the black woman he promised to choose from is down to three. They are believed to be Katanji Brown-Jackson, Leandra Kruger, and J. Michelle Childs. As COVID cases drop, air travel increases. The TSA says within the last week, we have seen some of the busiest travel days since Thanksgiving and Christmas. Simultaneously, fewer people are getting infected. Continuing with Black History Month profiles, A. Philip Randolph was a civil rights activist and one of the head organizers for the 1963 March on Washington. 
Years before, he led the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters, the first successful African-American-led labor union. His work also led to a ban on discrimination policies and federal government hiring, and it ended racial segregation in the armed forces. A. Philip Randolph, a black man who made a difference. For more on these stories, along with national, international, state, and local news affecting the black community, listen to the Black Information Network on the iHeartRadio app or log on to BINnews.com. I'm Mike Stevens with Vanessa Tyler on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. This episode is brought to you by Windows 11 and Intel. Get the power to work with more speed and quickly arrange your desktop with Snap Assist. Windows 11 and the Intel Evo platform make working from wherever better. I'm Esther Dillard. And I'm Doug Davis on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. A family in College Park, Georgia, is in shock after they say an Uber driver opened fire on a pregnant woman. WXII in Atlanta reports Kenneth Anderson said his 36-year-old daughter, who was seven months pregnant, called an Uber. But when the car that arrived didn't match what she saw in the app, she got in an argument with the driver. And that's when authorities say the woman was shot three times in the leg and stomach. Anderson says he can't understand it. What made him jump out of his car and shoot him knowing she pregnant, even if she wasn't, it just feel reeling through my head. Anderson's daughter was rushed to Grady Memorial Hospital, where she delivered her child prematurely, and both were listed in stable condition. The CDC has admitted that they're withholding COVID-19 data over concerns that information might be misinterpreted by the public. CNBC News reports the data includes the number of hospitalizations broken down by age, race, and the effectiveness of vaccine boosters on adults under 50. Dr. Nahid Badalia, director of the Boston University Center for Emerging Infectious Disease Policy and Research, says the CDC is likely having problems quickly interpreting data. As the CDC needs to take the slow-moving collection at the hospital levels, at the state levels, collate it, collect it, make sure it's accurate, and then interpret it. All of that takes time, right? She believes there needs to be more focus on giving the CDC the tools they need so they can do a faster and accurate job when releasing results so that the public trust is not eroded. You often don't hear about 50 and 62-year-old first-time parents, but one African-American couple from High Point, North Carolina, is changing that. Susie and Tony Troxler shared the birth of their daughter with WFMY in November. Since then, their journey has gone viral, inspiring people all over the world, including some in Africa and Australia. And finally, African-American Laura Johnson has been named as the United Way of Central Maryland Senior Vice President and Chief Innovation and Data Research Officer. Johnson's appointment is just one of many high-level positions black folks are taking on to help communities of color in need. I'm Esther Dillard, along with Doug Davis, on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. Now here's Morgan Wood with the Washington Roundup. U.S. Capitol Police are requesting help from the Pentagon ahead of a possible trucker convoy protest. The Pentagon said the D.C. Homeland Security and Emergency Management Agency and the Capitol Police have asked the D.C. National Guard to support traffic control points ahead of President Biden's State of the Union address. Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby said the request is being analyzed by the Defense Department. 
Area law enforcement agencies said they have multiple reports of truck drivers possibly planning to protest vaccine mandates by blocking roads in major U.S. cities. If approved, the request would be one of the first times the law created to make it easier for U.S. Capitol Police to request National Guard assistance is used. Organizers of the People's Convoy are expected to roll into D.C. by March 1st to coincide with the State of the Union address. That's your Washington Roundup. I'm Morgan Wood on the Black Information Network. Hi, I'm Arden Marine from Shameless, Insatiable, Chelsea Lately, and the iHeartRadio podcast, Will You Accept This Rose? And I'm Julianne Robinson, an Emmy and BAFTA-nominated director, most recently of Bridgerton. And we are the hosts of Lady of the Road, a funny and inspiring podcast where we have conversations with influential women about their lives and we get self-help advice. We're always looking to improve ourselves and we figure there's no better source for learning how to be brave, take risks, and advocate for yourself in life speaking with motivating, uplifting women. Some of whom we've met throughout our careers and some of whom we're just meeting now. We talk about money, health, relationships, parenthood, running a business, you name it, from inspiring women like Joan Jett, Nicole Byer, Lauren Lopkiss, Retta, Ricky Lindholm, Kate Micucci, Kate Walsh, Shondaland producer Betsy Beers, Adua Ando, Jen Kirkman, and more. Listen and subscribe to Lady of the Road on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your money on the Black Information Network. Krispy Kreme is posting its first quarterly profit since going public. The donut company reported fourth quarter net income of $4.3 million, or a penny a share, but still fell short of expectations. Krispy Kreme cited strong holiday sales tempered by higher industry costs. The company is projecting net revenue growth of 11 to 13 percent for 2022. Macy's is beating expectations in its latest earnings report. The department store chain posted revenue of just under $8.7 billion. Earnings per share were $2.45, while analysts were expecting an even $2. Net income spiked to nearly three quarters of a billion dollars. It also brought in more than 7 million new customers during the most recent holiday season. And Home Depot was seeing a spike in sales along with higher revenue. The Atlanta-based company says sales jumped by 11% in its most recent quarter. It also posted revenue of more than $35.7 billion. Net income was more than $3.3 billion. Same-store sales rose by more than 8%, which easily beat expectations. As for the year ahead, the company is projecting growth in sales. Money news at 24 and 54 minutes past each hour. I'm Morgan Wood on the Black Information Network. Hi, I'm Glory Adam, host of Well-Read Black Girl. Each week, we journey together through the cultural moment where art, culture, and literature collide and pay homage to the women whose books we grew up reading. It's the literary kickback you never knew you needed. Listen to Well-Read Black Girl on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download the BIN Daily Update every morning on the iHeartRadio app. This is News Source 1 Michiana. Elkhart South Bend, 